Chelsea friends. This is the London is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Beck. I hope you all are doing well on the final day of transfer season for January. Now, before I introduce my co-host as well as our most recent guest, I want to discuss something very quickly. There's this guy that used to play for the Denver Broncos. who's a cornerback by the name of Dominique Foxworth. He is now a pundit for ESPN. In between the end of his football career and his now ESPN punditry, he went to Harvard Business School. He ended up working for the NFLPA, and then he was the COO of the finance side of the NBA Players Association. He's only 37 years old. He's a very accomplished person, very intelligent, and very adept at reading the room. So one of the things that he says frequently when he's a guest on the Dan Levitard Show or on Highly Questionable on ESPN, he says, I've been in rooms with owners, and one owner in particular, Jerry Jones. If you guys do not know who Jerry Jones is, he is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are the most valuable sports property in the world, even more than Barcelona and the Real Madrid and, and Manchester United. So he's sitting in these negotiations where the NFLPA, which is the Players Association, they negotiate with the owners, every CBA. CBA is basically it's a bargaining agreement about how players are going to be treated, how they're going to be compensated over an extended period of time and what have you. And Dominique Foxworth is sitting in the room right next to Jerry Jones, and he's thinking to himself, you know what? This guy has a franchise worth almost $6 billion. This guy is not smarter than I am. How did he and all of these owners and all these executives get into a position of enormous power when they're actually not much smarter than a layman? And he, he comes to think of it, you know, a lot of it may have just been timing or nepotism or luck. Now, granted, there is a certain percentage of CEOs and presidents and executives and owners that are highly intelligent. But I would bet that more often than not, the people that are in there, in there, in those positions of high power are actually less qualified than they should be for such an enormous position. So when I look at this window and I see that, number one, what we needed more than anything was a backup to Tammy Abraham because Misha Bashawai is not good enough, and Giroud is not a good fit, too old, too slow, doesn't fit high-press systems. So it was a no-brainer that we had to sign a striker. It was so obvious, so painfully obvious. Even if it was just for six months and it was just a quick stopgap, boom, wham, bam, thank you, man, get him in, get him out in June, doesn't matter. It was so obvious that it had to be Cavani and Mertens. And for us to all of a sudden, on January 25th, say that we needed to sign one of these guys 25 days too late, I find that to be a gross mismanagement of your time as an executive for one of the most powerful clubs in the world. I'm looking at you, Bruce Buck. I'm looking at you, Petrček. I am looking at you, Marina Granovskia. You guys completely botched this window, and I am starting to doubt your competence. I don't know why you're in positions of power like this if you can't see the writing on the wall when everyone else can, and we're just laymen. You guys are the people that holds the millions of dollars. You guys are the people that have the keys to the kingdom, and you fucked this up horrendously. This is the London is Calling podcast. This is my host, Paulinho Playoffs. How are we doing, Paul? Well, <clears throat> on piggybacking on what you just said, Frank Lampard had a very concise and to-the-point presser today saying nobody in, nobody out, maybe besides Lamptey. But, um, Ouch. Yeah, not, not a great 
window for us, to say the least. Okay, I'm going to introduce someone that is very gracious to come on to our podcast. She lives in Madrid, Spain, no lie, and she's an American. So she's eight hours ahead of us, eight or nine hours. Her name is Elizabeth. She is a Chelsea Twitter phenom. She just recently (laughs) started doing videos. She's very charismatic, and she's very knowledgeable. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me, and thanks for that awesome intro. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have my moments. Thank you very much. Um, so she's calling in from Spain. Obviously, that's a unique circumstance in and of itself, but we're super happy to have her, and I can't wait to hear what she has to say in uh, one of the most interesting times <laughs> in recent Chelsea memory. So, Paul, let's get it started. What do you have on the docket? Yeah, so <clears throat> let's start in the topic of transfers. Zero signings made this far. There's a few hours left in the window, but Frank doesn't expect any. I think the news is pretty dull at this point and quieted down. Um, yeah, why do, Why is this a thing? Why does it matter for us, Carlito? Uh, number one, and really the only reason is top four. And really, what does that boil down to? Two things, cachet and money. So top four, above all else, it means you get to participate in Champions League the next year. Anybody that's listening to this podcast knows that. If you don't know that, don't listen to this podcast. If you reach the group stages of Champions League, you receive 15 million euros. Boom, immediately. You reach the round of 16, you get an additional 9.5. You reach the quarterfinals, you get an additional 10.5. You reach the semis, another 12. You reach the final, another 15. You win it, you get another 4 mil. Okay, so that compounds to a lot. UEFA will also pay teams 2.7 million euros for every match they win and 900 grand for every match they draw. So if a team wins every single game on their way to lifting the Champions League trophy, they will earn 82.2 million euros. Clubs will also receive money for their UEFA coefficient rankings and from TV rights, which in certain countries is enormous. And that's really where the money is. Yeah. Because TV rights, advertising partners, something that I know very much about, something that my father is still, he's the GM of CBS. So he knows very much so about. They're going into uh, the Super Bowl with Fox. And I can just, I can assure you that the TV money is enormous for things like this. Um, so for you to not think that you have to spend in January in order to secure top four is absurd because if you don't get top four, the amount of money that you really end up losing on is enormously more than the amount you were going to spend, but didn't spend in January. Top four means fucking everything, everything. That's right. Top four means you have a shot at those 82.2. Plus more. Oh, way more. Way more. What are your thoughts, Elizabeth? Well, like, okay. I want to bring it back to the start of the season. Because if you think about the start of the season, I was thinking that we would get maybe top six, top eight. Like, we lost Eden Hazard and we lost 50% of our goal contribution. So I was not, like, hopeful for this season at all. I Mm -hmm. thought I was just going to be, like, so miserable watching Chelsea. Like, maybe... We would have some good games. We'd see the youth come through. But I wasn't. Ex- I had zero expectations for this season, and I think that Frank Lampard has gone way above 
what everybody expected. If you said at the beginning of the season that we were going to be contending for a top four championship spot, like nobody would have believed you probably, you know. So um, just the fact that we're contending for a Champions League, I think it says a lot. Obviously, like we need a backup striker and I've been saying that for weeks that if I had to choose any position I would choose a backup striker because we've been relying on Tammy you can't rely on him in case he gets injured he might get tired you need to provide some competition like there's a million factors um so we definitely do need another striker and we we need we needed somebody to help reinforce the team and obviously now top four is important but I just kind of want to ground like grounded you know like we wouldn't have been talking about this a couple of months ago i do have to say paul and i expected top four i know that people say bullshit that's revisionist history we actually did expect it no okay <laughs> i know i know yeah, I, I, hate, like... I did not i did not <laughs> you didn't have saw... contributing to 50 percent of your goals um and you can see that we've lost so many games where he would have been the game changer i feel we play better football now without him. And that's my favorite player of all time. But uh he can he could die now because he went to Madrid. No. All right. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wouldn't agree. I knew you wouldn't agree. Uh Paul, what do you got? All right. So <laughs> it's been quiet this January, as we said. Um you know, we had basically a hundred fifty to two hundred million uh in war chest ready to go supposedly for this January and we're seeing none of that. Um, Now last season we recorded a loss of 96.6 million. Sorry, that, that was for, yeah, 2018, 2019. Yep. Uh, The previous two years we had profits, but um, the loss was due to player signings, lack of champions league football, and that was Antonio Conte and his coaching staff, to be clear. Um, now, what do you guys think as far as no signings? Are we going to hold on to top four? We're in a good place now. Where are we going? This is you, Elizabeth. Go right ahead. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I actually posted a video about this on Twitter, and I think I'm one of the – like in the minority of Chelsea fans that think that we actually could still make top four, like without any signings. And I think for a couple of reasons, like we see that our competitors have made signings, to be honest, like I haven't seen any of their signings play. So I don't know how much of an enhancement it's going to be or how much it's going to help the team. So feel free to speak on that. Um, But you can make a signing and have it work out or have it not work out. And we haven't been playing with Reese James consistently. We haven't been playing with Pulisic consistently. We, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek has been out since last year. Imagine he comes back. like mm-hmm. within, He's in full training already. He's in the team training. So even if we start getting him into a couple of games, I really think that he's going to feel like a new signing. So those are three key players that we haven't had consistently all season who I think could be game changers. That's a fair point. And... To be fair, last season, Paul and I thought Ruben was one of our two best players on the team outside of Eden Hazard. For sure. But I'm on record two weeks ago telling Kristen that we don't think that Ruben is going to play this season. 
simply because I've had that injury, not to that extent, but it, it's something that can take up to a year to mm-hmm. heal. And then after that, there's no guarantees that you're still going to be the same player. That being said, Reese James is a revelation. Mm-hmm. He's certainly already in contention for one of the best right backs in the league. One of our buddies named Andrew from uh, Footy Review podcast, he said that Reese James is a combination of Aaron Wan-Bissaka and Trent Alexander-Arnold because he's got that impetus to go forward, but he's also extremely adept at defense and mm-hmm. very strong. So mm-hmm. that conglomeration of those two different skill sets is something that we obviously value very highly. We just gave him a five-year deal, and he's worth every single cent of it, and he's worth sure. all the praise as long as he stays healthy. The other one is obviously Tammy Abraham. We knew that he could score in bunches in the championship, but did we think he could do it on a proper team in England? Yes, he can. He's wonderful. But I he love is... Tammy Abraham. Oh, we I love him. <laughs> yeah. And I – like, even before the season started, I was like, yes, I hope that Tammy gets a chance because I just have a feeling he's going to be amazing. And he's been yeah. incredible. Oh. The only problem is he's so skinny. He's so skinny. Yeah. Well, he, he's so young. He's going to put on the LBs. And to be fair, we've been waiting for him to come back. We were asking for Chelsea to bring him back when when uh, we were having the striker issues uh, a couple years back. Yeah. With with Murata. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the other players, obviously, Pulisic, we love him, but that guy has been injured three times already. It sucks. I personally think that Frank Lampard is poisoning his cereal every morning so he can't train. <laughs> just because he wants Calvin to the door to play. No, I'm kidding. But uh, Pulisic, yeah, he's just, he's kind of injury prone, man. This is yeah. the second year in a row where he has missed more games than he's played. It sucks because obviously we're all American. We want him to play. But, no, I mean, the team itself is great. That's not the problem. I love the players that we have. It's availability. It's just availability because yeah. one or two players that are in- integral to our team are constantly out. And that's why I wanted the signing. It wasn't to spend money just to spend money just because we have it. No, 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 no. That's ridiculous. I wanted it because we simply needed We needed Drew Springs. Okay, or we needed Edison Cavani or someone comparable to that for mm-hmm. the simple fact that our great players, some of them are simply not available. Yeah, and yep. like not even to mention um, like the Olivier Giroud situation right now. Like I really don't like how it was handled and like we would need to replace him anyways. And now he's probably like out of the Euros um, for 2020 coming up and we're just holding on to him while he's not even making the bench, you know, when he could have been sold to a team that he would get game time. Go ahead, Carlito. No, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. But at the same time, Chelsea is his primary employer and Chelsea does not care about French football. Yeah, Yeah. true. And at this point, we're getting uh, desperate enough at striker where I expect Frank to throw Drew in there at, some of the ends of the games and and get him on the end of some crosses, something. Uh, because well, he might since Mishy has been like <laughs> terrible. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so we're, might as well give him a go, I guess. We're at that. We're at that point, and if we're really not bringing anybody in, I don't think we have many options. So Elizabeth, than, yep. who do you who do you think we need to purchase, and what positions? whether it's now or in June, do you think we need to reinforce? 
Well, I don't think we're getting anybody now. <laughs> um, hey, we still have three but... hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have brought in a striker in January to mm-hmm. back up Tammy. Um, and in the summer, I definitely want to see us buying a left back because obviously, like, Aspilicueta can't stay in that position forever. I love Aspie. He's been one of my favorite players. He's been, like, like such a good servant to the club, and he's so great you he puts everything out on the pitch but you can tell that he's just getting that little bit older he's slowing down and he's a right-footed left back so he can't really whip in those crosses mm-hmm. um and then em- emerson just hasn't been great like i just don't really trust him um he makes a lot of mistakes i feel every time he's on the pitch and then alonzo i just don't want to see anywhere near chelsea (laughs) that a girl that a girl (laughs) oh boy we agree (laughs) (laughs) um okay so let's let's start with that um i'd like to address your statement with regards to the left back position i like emerson it doesn't seem as though Frank likes Emerson. At the end of the day, it's the only opinion that matters is his. Yep. Um, as Piliqueta, he does something that um, my most recent prep school team that I was coaching, we had a right-footed left back, and he would not cross the ball with his left foot. Even in like the, the momentum of the game when we're counterattacking, he would stop the ball, cut it back to his right foot, and then cross it in, killed momentum, Outside backs, inside backs, center backs, everybody was back into position and it would always get deflected. And it drove me absolutely insane. And Aspilicueta, as a professional, also still does that. He does not cross no. the ball with his left foot. Yes, he does. That's being yeah. a little harsh. No, no, no. He does not a cross the ball with his left foot. So, no, he is a right back and only a right back. We obviously, if Frank does not like Emerson, we need to get a new one. Probably will be Ben Chilwell or Alex Teles from uh, Porto. I like both Te- those Te- guys. Teus? Teus. Teus, yeah. Teus, yeah. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Give us the accent. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know Portuguese, but in Spanish, it would be Teus. Yeah, Teus. Okay, Te-us. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I am so gringo right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. I, I like both those left backs. I just don't want to overpay for Chilwell, ultimately. Yeah. I'm, I'm not willing to pay, you know, 50, 60. It's got to be less. I don't think Lester would sell him for less. I don't know. There's the rub. Yep. What's your next uh, player in position? Um, okay, so we've already talked about striker. Um, mm-hmm. I also want to bring in, like, a creative midfielder, attacking midfielder. Like, I'm really pro Jaden Sancho, but I don't know if we would get him. <laughs> but I really, really would die if we did. Sancho, 2020. Sancho. So, Elizabeth, you're going to like my answer to this question. I want Isco. I want Isco to play attacking mid for Chelsea. And he was available in this window for $47 We did not bite. I don't know why. I feel as though maybe Isco went to his representatives and he went to Perez and said, look, you can sell me in the summer. I want to see this out with Real Madrid, which Mm -hmm. is fine. They're a very, very good team. And they're always in contention to win Champions League. So I get it. But if we can get him in the summer, that would be outstanding. Mm-hmm. For sure. Paul, what do you think? I think uh, East Coast, a uh, very possible uh, player for us to sign. I'm a huge fan as well. I think mm. Sancho also is very possible for us to sign. I, I was looking in the 
the bookmakers have us as favorites to sign Sancho in the summer. Really? So, yeah, yeah. That's. I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's encouraging. Mm. <laughs> but also another name uh, for midfielders, Hakeem Ziyech from, um, from Ajax. He's great. Really creative, uh, tricky, quick player. Um, I don't know if you know him, Elizabeth, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. we've, you know, he's always killed us when we've played him as well. So killed us. It's one of those guys. Okay, so, so this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask if you had to pick between Sancho and Ziyech, who would you pick? I probably I'd go Sancho. He's just younger, and the the statistics he has, nobody has. So. Yeah, his stats are ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to spend 200 million dollars on a player. See, if that, they want, if, if they want 200 million, kick rocks, Dortmund, because you're never going to get it. You already, you already swindled someone once with Usmane Dembele, who cannot stay on the field. Right? You can shear a sheep many times. You can skin them only once. You're not going to skin us. I'm not paying 200 million dollars for anyone. Um, so this this actually segues right into what I wanted to say. Top players like Sancho, Timo Werner, Ziyech, they are not going to join teams that are not within top four of their respective leagues. Players are getting younger and younger and better, younger. So And they're also ending their careers a little bit earlier. This is just like the NFL. Timo Werner and Jaden Sancho do not want to take two or three years Outside of the UCL, because that is a profound possibility. Just look at Arsenal. They're in this limbo where they're fifth, sixth, seventh place, and they haven't been back to UCL for a long time. And that can happen. That can absolutely happen. And these guys don't want to waste two or three years of their career when they're when their former years, right before they enter their prime, playing in Azerbaijan on Thursdays. It's just not going to happen. So because Chelsea has decided once again to be foolish and frugal in January, we may very well pay for this in June when we say, oh, Sancho, it's time. He'll say, no, you yeah. got fifth. Yeah. I am not joining Chelsea, period. And I can, I, just, I can see it happening. I could, like, I see where you're coming from, but I also think somebody like Jane and Sancho is just such a decisive player that they would be the difference for us between all of those games that we lost 1-0 to, like, Bournemouth. Um, I'm blanking. Who else? Southampton. I think we lost 2-0. You know, so I think that if Jaden Sancho were to join us, we would be very likely to get top four. I don't think we'd be out of the UCL for two or three years. To be fair, they said the same thing about Yang when he joined Arsenal. exactly no but i mean the issue being that i think he would make the difference for us no question and Mm. but he he would look at us and say that's great but i'm not waiting a year to play champions league football and be on the biggest stage he's an he's an instagram athlete you think they give a shit about the team no they care about themselves come on well he 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 cares who he's playing with if he's playing with his boys right why because it makes them look good right he's best friends with the chelsea team too like they would have instant chemistry yeah Um, Yeah. i think that plays a big part of it yeah all all these things go into why we are favored to sign him but we got to make top four we have to yeah so 
Let's get into our next match. Big one. Leicester City at the King Power Stadium. Leicester currently third in the table. We are fourth in the table. They have an eight-point lead over us. Those eight points look awfully big, but they look a lot better if we get three and it's down to five. So, unavailable players, go ahead, Carlito. Uh, Ruben, obviously out. And then Pulisic actually trained with the team, just like Ruben, but he will not be fit. Tammy Abraham and Reese James are a go. Frank Lampard said that Tammy Abraham will have to play through pain. You know what? Fuck it. He's playing. So give him a cortisol, a cortisone shot or whatever, because he's absolutely going to play. We need him. And I don't want to sit there watching Misha Beshawai miss 15 chances and then look up at the sky, <laughs> incredibly surprised, like, how did I miss that? Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, that's where we're at. So Ruben, Pulisic, out. Everybody else seems available. So that's what I got. All right. I like it. Uh, now, our expected lineup mm-hmm. makes it a lot clearer now that we know uh, Tammy Time will be in there. And Reese is healthy, so I expect him to be slotted in there. In there. So we go Keppa and Net, Reese James on the right. Uh, Dave on the left, mm-hmm. Rudiger, and I would say Andres Christensen, but Tamori played awful well against Hull uh, this last game. What do you guys think? Go ahead. I, well, maybe you'll slave me, but I think Rudiger is like our fourth choice center back. Like, I think he's been oh. so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I would go for Tamori and Christensen. I think Tamori, like in my opinion, Tamori is our first choice. Like he should be one of the first names on the game sheet. I think he has incredible pace. He's really good at tackling. He's still so young and just has all this potential. And I just don't know why he's been dropped recently. I would definitely Mm -hmm. start him. Whether or not Lampard is going to start him is another question, but I would start him. Okay. All right. What what are your thoughts, Carlito? Reese James on the right, Emerson Palmieri on the left, Andreas Christensen, and uh, Fakao Tamori in the middle. I actually think Rudy is our best center back, but his aerial presence has been uh, lacking, to say the least. Andreas Christensen is without a doubt one of the best decision makers on our team. He is extremely poised, probably our best passer outside of Jorginho. And I completely trust him when it comes to positioning, and decision-making. Fakao Tamori is a young gun, really good, but he does have brain farts. Now, we're not talking about Zuma brain farts, but his brain farts are more mental than skill-based. Zuma's are everything. He's a horrifying player (laughs) with the ball at his feet. And then, you know, Rudy just hasn't been doing the business, so it's it's a meritocracy, and he doesn't deserve to start. And Dave, I don't know. I think he's a boring player, so no thanks. Solid defensively. We can say that, right? Andres Christensen has actually been our best defender in the air Mm -hmm. uh, since he's been starting. So I absolutely endorse that. Midfield triangle, Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic. (laughs) Anybody uh, have anything else? Go ahead. Yeah, I think that, like, I would definitely start Kovacic and Jorginho. And I don't know if Lampard would start Mount 
or Conte because I wouldn't put Mount on as a winger. Um, and we know that Mount, I think Mount played like 34 out of 35 games so far in the Premier League. But I would play Conte personally, but yeah, I don't know what Lampard would do. Yeah. Carlito? Okay, so full disclosure, Elizabeth, I don't like N'Golo Conte. Yeah, I, I heard on the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if Real Madrid wants to give us $100 million and James Rodriguez. The latest rumor. I'm, I am down with that. I am absolutely down with that. I love James Rodriguez and I love $100 million. So if they really want to overpay for him for that, I am down. Uh, Mateo Kovacic is my favorite player in the world. Out of all the players in all of world football, Mateo Kovacic is my favorite player. Uh, so obviously he's starting. Jorginho, he's great. Now, this is going to be uh, an interesting one. I want Billy Jesus to start alongside those two. <laughs> I love Billy Gilmore. Billy Big Wheels. Like, he is so great. He's got so much pep in his step. I feel like he wears those Nike shocks in his shoes. The guy is... The guy is He's bouncy. <laughs> I just love the kid. So, yeah, I'm going with Kovacic, Jorginho, and Billy G. Now, how does it work with Jorginho and Billy G on the field together? Let, let Kovacic just roam. Billy G and Jorginho can hang. Let, let Kovacic just do his thing. All right. I don't care. Just let, let him do – let him just play in the hole wherever the hell he wants. Let him dribble. Let him slalom. Let him shoot. Let him look exceptional doing it. I don't care. Let Billy G and Jorginho just set the tempo from the back to the front. Yep. I like it. Uh, I think Frankie's going to start Conte. Obviously. I think he will, being his ex, his, his former team and all that stuff. Uh, let's go to the front three. <laughs> now, Tammy, going to start, according yeah. to Frank, uh, unless it's mis- misinformation. Uh, Callum hudson Adoy and William. What do you mm-hmm. think, Elizabeth? Yeah, well, you don't really have many other options. <laughs> like, everybody else is in uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't... Like, who else would you start, you know? Like, Pedro, I'm not going to start him. Bolsa, mm-hmm. third. <laughs> Mason Mount. Mason Mount on the wing. I, He's I not as effective. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Go ahead, uh, Carlito. Mason Mount is not effective anywhere. He's a squad player. He's a decent squad player. He's not a starter. Currently. So I don't think Tammy Abraham's going to start. This is who I do think is going to start a striker. I think Ross Barkley is going to start a striker. Oh, and right. I'm not even right. – I am not even kidding you. I am not being a contrarian. I think that Ross Barkley is going to start a striker. Willian and Callum Hudson-Odoi will be the other wings. Uh, Tammy will come in, but I don't think he's going to start. I, I don't think he can be able to play. Dude, dude, I thought he broke his leg like two weeks ago. So the fact that he's even walking is a blessing. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll come in at the 70th minute, but I think boss is going to get it. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank did, did mention that they are worried about, uh, Tammy having a hairline fracture. Yes. And apparently that's been cleared. So, Essentially, they're saying, yeah, as long as he can gut it out, he'll be out there. Uh, we'll see if that's for the full 90 or for a cameo. Boss would be a very interesting center forward. Mm-hmm. 
false nine. I don't like Ross Barkley at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not many Chelsea fans no, do. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's effective. Like, I don't know what he brings on the pitch. Just every, I, yeah, yeah. Besides Miss Miss PKs. And uh, wearing a jersey that's three sizes too small. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I think if it were me and we had to start somebody, I, I mean, Mishi got a goal uh, midweek against Hull. I could see him starting. Um, I would like to see William play the center spot rather than Michi, honestly. But we'll see. I could also see uh, Frank starting Tammy and going Callum Hudson-Odoi and Mount with his obsession with Mason Mount. So that'll be the most interesting spot for me on the field. By the way, there's a... Uh, on the one football app, a notification just came up that said Tariq or Treat. Tariq Lamptey just signs with Brighton Hope Albion. Oh my God, I want to die. Oh, he did sign. Yeah. yeah, and it said Tariq or Treat. Oh boy. <laughs> I cannot, I just cannot believe we let him go. Okay, moving on. All right. In our last five meetings with Leicester, there have been three draws and a win for each side. Mm-hmm. Been very even. Now, Brendan Rodgers believes coming off the back of a semifinal uh, loss in the Carabao Cup that his players will be extra determined to succeed in this game against Chelsea. Go Paul, ahead. do you think do you think their his players are going to bring character? <laughs> I mean, that's like Brendan Rodgers. We didn't have enough character. Today yeah, we, we had great character. We we lacked serious character. So fun fact about Brendan Rodgers: in the thirteen times that he's faced Chelsea, he's tied seven and lost six. He's never beaten us. Love that stat. Oh yeah. yeah. So they will have Jamie Jamie Vardy back fit. He is expected to start. Wilfried and Didi also, who's been out recently, he's going to be back fit, and he will absolutely start. Um. Jamie Vardy leading the league and goals with 17. Look out for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, can I just say first that whenever a player gets injured, I feel like I, if you just ask, oh, when is the next Chelsea game? That's when it'll be <laughs> Like, no matter when, it, if it's in a week, that's, that's when it's going to be, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so true. It really is. Um, <laughs> that and every goalkeeper is all of a sudden – you know, Vanderstar yeah. against yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> they make like in- these incredible saves only against us. Um, yeah. So what I was going to say is that I think Leicester is probably like it's going to be a crowded midfield, which is going to force us to play out wide. Um, and I think Leicester will probably just absorb the pressure because they know that if we put a cross in like nine times out of 10, there's nobody getting on the end of those crosses. Their center backs are like very good and they have a crazy counterattack. I think they have the most goals scored from a counterattack in the Prem. Um, and with Jamie Vardy up front, like that's what I think their game plan is going to be. Mm. Love that. Love that breakdown right there. I think you're spot on. What do you got, Carlito? Uh, no, I think she said it perfectly. I'm with her 100%. So, all that being said, score predictions. Uh, 2-1 Lester. Jeez, dude. 
You've, that's the first loss you've ever predicted. Come on, man. I know. We might actually fucking win. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll look like a dick. That's okay. I don't care what people think. I'm not, right. Alex, I'm not Alex Goldberg, bro. I'm not here to make friends. This is true. All right? I'm not here to, you know, kiss the ass of Chelsea Media just because I want him on my fucking podcast. Get out of here. I think we're going to lose. All right. All right. Elizabeth? Um, I think it'll be 2-2 draw. Yeah. Good pick. I'm going 2-1 blues. Cool. All right. Other games I've mentioned this weekend. Mm-hmm. Man City versus Spurs. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Remember, no Harry Kane for that one. Yeah. Liverpool and Southampton. Just pulling for Southampton, man. Dude, Liverpool just played, uh, when was it? A couple days ago. Yeah. I got Southampton in this one. That was Southampton are really close to us in the table at this point. Liverpool have like already won the league, so what's another game? I would rather them win than Southampton close the gap on us. I know. they. I, it would be better for us if they win, but they got this win streak going. They're, they're playing hard for that. There's there's another reason why we want Liverpool to lose, uh, Elizabeth. Two of our very good friends are insufferable Liverpool fans, as well as the rest of their fan base. And all they talk about is Liverpool this, Liverpool that, undefeated, perfect team, best team ever. Yeah, they have to lose. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing guys that don't deserve to be this arrogant and cocky being this arrogant and cocky. I'm not here for it. I'm just not here for it. Um, yeah. All right, moving on. Manchester United against Wolves. Mm-hmm. That'll be a very interesting one. Yeah, probably a tie, right? Or Wolves yeah. win? I mean, yeah. I could, I, Wolves I are hot right now. Points. I think they're both on 34, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Yep. Okay. It's going to be like a good that. one. It's going to be yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Very good weekend of football ahead. I'm very excited, sure. actually, but uh, I still think we're going to lose, unfortunately. <sighs> I know, I know. Waveform. We have good waveform. You can count us out just yet. That's right. Uh, Tell him. Go, go ahead, Carlito. Get us into the right test for this week. All right. So it was going to be Mateo Kovacic, but I've changed it. Wow. My right test is going to be the mentality of the top six English clubs moving forward on how they look at transfer windows. Okay. I Now, this is going to be conspiracy Ryan time, okay? But what are the causes for not just Chelsea, but every top club in England to be all of a sudden unwilling to spend as much, in particular in January, that they have in windows previous? One of the reasons being is that I think that they're tired of Italy, Germany, and Spain inflating prices to the point of ridiculousness just because they know that you know English clubs have the TV money, they have the marketing dollars, uh, they're more popular, they're more seen more often. So they think that they can exploit uh, that market inflation by saying, hey, so if an English club comes and wants to pay for a player, he has to play 20% more than if an Italian club comes and wants to play pay for a player. Okay, I also feel that the big six clubs have consciously decided to collude and pursue this agenda to correct this market. Uh, where players are absurdly overpriced. You look at Neymar, right? This this was two years ago that he cost $220 million. Neymar's played 55% of his games. 
I think they lost the league twice, twice while he was there, and they have not done anything in Champions League, and now they're in violation of financial fair play. What was the point of spending $220 million on one player? It's obscene. There's 11 players on the field. This is an ultimate team game. And you're going to spend that much wrath of God money on one player who is extremely injury prone and has a horrible attitude and probably does more Coke than Tony Montana on the weekends. Get out of here. I'm not spending 200 million on Jaden Sancho because that dude could get uh, addicted to the lifestyle outside of football, just like Neymar did and become a complete bust. And we're out $200 million. We're not doing that. And I don't think English football clubs want to do that either. And they're, they're trying to do a market correction on this out in, insane uh, overpriced players. It's absurd. Another thing, I think Roman's divorce has fucked with him. He yeah, had to give up a lot of money to his wife, or now his now ex-wife. I feel like Roman's exile from England has made him a little bit spiteful of England itself. You know, he's, he, per, he spends his own money on this team, right? He's contributed personally uh, to the economic growth of London's economy and its people and London society in general. And they won't let him back into the country? That's outrageous. I would be pissed too if I was Roman. Um, and then obviously an emphasis on promoting from more from within with our academy, Tammy, Mason Mount, Reese James, Kyle Tamora, I mean, you name it. These guys have all been great and they didn't cost us any money at all. So I think there's going to be a balance of the two spending, but spending wisely as well as looking at our academy and how much we already invested time, energy, and money into and saying, Hey, we actually have really good players here and I'm cool with that. But I don't want us to be entirely organic. I want us to spend as well. It's just got to be on the right guys. So, you know, you guys ask me, do I want Sancho or Ziyech? I want Ziyech. Because it'll cost like $70 million, Not 200 Interesting. So, what if you yeah. can get Sancho for 100 Yes, of course. But I'm not spending 200 I'm not spending Neymar money no. on a player. Yeah, it's just, I, it's, it's just it, To me, it's not worth it. Um, you know, so... And then lastly, this whole transfer window fiasco is not Lampard's fault at all. He said it publicly countless times that he wants signings. He wants attackers. And the board simply did not comply with him. They let The board let Lampard down, let the team down, let the fans down, let the city of London down. And now, all the pressure is on Lampard and the boys to get top four. Without yep. any reinforcements and with an injured team. That's a big mountain to climb. Yep. What do you have for your final thoughts, Elizabeth? Oh, final thoughts. Um, like in general <laughs> about the window or? I want you to say whatever it is you want to say about Chelsea. Now's your time to freestyle, do whatever the hell you want. Oh, okay. Uh, let's Take see. 20 minutes if you want. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, um like I said before, I'm actually quite happy with how the season's going. I think Frank is doing a great job managing the team and managing um, the players well. I think that we've just had some inconsistencies, which was to be expected with the young players. And for that, we definitely need reinforcements. Um, mm-hmm. So it is very disappointing that we didn't sign any players in January, but I am still hopeful that we will get top four. I think that, like, it is still in the cards for us, and I'm not going to be too pessimistic about it until we see what happens. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's basically it. 
I like that. I like that mentality. What do you got, Paul? All right. So, got a few stats for you guys. Chelsea season stats thus far. Leader in goals, Tammy Abraham with 13. Pulisic, 5. Mason Mount, 5. That's where Frank wanted to add, right? We needed those goals numbers up. Uh, Dres Martins from Napoli absolutely would have gotten on the end of some balls for us and put them in the net. I have zero doubt about it. Didn't work out. That's fine. That'll happen. I understand. Assists. Leader, William and Callum Hudson-Odoi with four each. Kovacic, three. Tammy, three. Espelicueta, three. Tackles, one. Espelicueta, 32. Jorginho, 30. Kovacic, 25. Hmm. Surprisingly, no N'Golo Conte on there. Um, He was also out, like, yes, uh, decent part of the beginning of the season. Injured for a good por- portion. But he's also he's also lost a step or two. Here you go, Carlito. You'll like this one. <laughs> Fouls conceded. 34, N'Golo Conte. Mason Mount, 25. Aspilicueta, 24. Okay. What, do you, what does that make you think when you hear that stat, Elizabeth? I'm really surprised, honestly. Really, really shocked. I think Conte definitely hasn't been as good as he was previous seasons um and it's kind of evident like I think he's also playing in more of an attacking role which doesn't suit his playing style and he's actually breaking up our attacks instead of helping us in attacks but I'm actually really surprised that he's conceded so many fouls see for me I don't really mind that he's conceding that many but I'm uh, as Carlito will attest the areas that he's conceding, a lot of them are giving up free, free kicks in dangerous positions on the field, and we are absolutely atrocious at defending yeah. any set so pieces. Bad. Yeah. So that just that doesn't help us at all. That has to stop. Yeah, and that just attests to a lack of focus. If you're a midfielder, you know – the weaknesses on your team, especially your back line, and we're terrible at defending corners and in-swinging balls off of free kicks. We're terrible at it. And so for him to not know where he is on the field and then also to be so out of position that you, your last-ditch effort is too foul and you foul in defensive third, that's just a lack of focus. It's a lack of footballing intelligence and IQ. And he does it all the time. And he does it in like the 85th minute all the time. He puts us in these awkward, vulnerable, precarious situations. And to me, I would rather he just get beat than get beat and then concede a foul and put us in a situation where we are at our weakest. Right. And he, do- he does it very often. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this stat. It was, like, ridiculous. It was, like, Chelsea have conceded something like 20 goals in the last 15 minutes of the games. Some- like, something absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. We just fold under pressure. Not great. <laughs> not great. Well, the best way the best way to avoid those situations is to not put us in those in the first place. And he right. does it often. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carlito, bring us home. 
Okay, great. So, Elizabeth, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Elizabeth. You, you were great. Thanks for having I hope, me. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, I don't know. We have two hours and ten minutes left in the window. I still have hope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, wonderful. Well, hey, look, I think we're going to get top four. I just think that the boys are under so much pressure and Lampard's under so much pressure and the board didn't do him any favors. They could have thrown, they could have thrown 15 mil at De Laurentiis at Napoli for Mertens. They didn't do it. And I hope we don't pay for it, but we just might, we just might. And if we do pay for it, we're going to pay for it in June when players don't want to come and play for a Europa league team. I hope I'm wrong. Me too. I hope so, too. Okay. This has been the London is Calling podcast. We will see you all tomorrow morning. Leicester City. All right. Five stars. Five stars. Bye-bye. Bye.